0: This is a Cyber Union Podcast, episode 93. Tech workers can organize. Hey, everybody. Uh, we're coming back been a long time um joined here with matt from chicago how you doing matt
1: hello hello i'm doing well how about you Stephen?
0: good good um i, I still miss the the south african voice of walton but uh, it's been impossible to try to get him back on uh but hopefully at some point in the future we'll get we'll hear from him again uh, but what have you been up to uh since i guess march is the last time we recorded so it's, yeah, been, a yeah.
1: it's <laughs> been a while it's been a while a hell of a decade this year has been Stephen oh god yeah seriously only eight months wow um well uh not a lot in uh activism uh that nothing new exactly just trying to survive in this in this world uh keep my head down but uh personal life i bought a house recently so now that that project's over i have uh plenty of time to get back in the
0: streets (laughs) (laughs) nice nice uh when you said head down i immediately thought of arrested development which is head down power through
1: yes Uh, absolutely
0: favorite lines from that show and that show was actually you were you a fan of that show too absolutely oh good because like i I was uh somebody commented about it uh maybe it was on one of the late night shows uh about how how that show is so trump like real estate mogul and and like the name of the the family being such an important part, and now that like Trump is the worst president that we've ever had, um, that in our life experiences, yes, I'm tempted to go back and watch it again, but I I, I feel like that might sour the experience of the show. <laughs> um,
1: oh, because... I think I think you'll enjoy. It. I hadn't thought about it in that in that lens, but I I'll definitely take another another run at it and see. Yeah. See yeah. Yeah.
0: I, I do i do miss that show there's so many freaking awesome lines uh tobias was still one of my favorite characters and <laughs> gob bluth and uh, i could i could go through so many quoted lines from it because like i've watched it so so many times uh like did you stab yourself yeah i think so my socks are wet <laughs> uh, to...
1: well i think it's about time you put the final countdown into every podcast <laughs>
0: The final countdown. Nice. Yeah. Uh, actually, um, what I will actually add to every podcast, and I will put a link in the show notes, is that we are trying to, if you will, uh, bring in some funding for the show. Uh, we have now a patreon. Uh, dot com slash cyber unions link, um, and if you are so inclined, we'd like to start start trying to give us the resources to bring the show out there a little bit more often uh, and help us uh, maybe buy some new updated materials for microphones and such. Um, I still have my own one, but I'm missing parts apparently. (laughs) Uh, So we'll see. We'll see if that goes. So I, again, um, we'll put the link in the show notes, but uh, we do hope that people will be able to send some support our way. Uh, And yeah. So uh, I guess the other thing I want to kind of talk about is I've been working with the this uh, as a dual member of solidarity and dsa i've been working with their um tech or labor organizing working group which is really exploring the idea of like tech workers trying to organize uh and one of the things that kind of comes up a lot uh is how do you organize so i'm gonna throw that to you there matt how do you organize <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: sloppily, isn't, it, isn't it really uh, easy
0: like it should just be simple right <laughs>
1: Yeah, you just put it in your Facebook event page, hit go, and uh, now you've got an organization.
0: Ah, that's it, huh? <laughs> Man, and that, to think that's all people have needed to do is just create Facebook events, yeah. and we're done organizing.
1: <laughs> you know, interestingly enough, it's it's you know we joke uh, about like it's not such a simple simple thing, but I guess I would say it, it is actually like the concept is pretty simple. The work is long, but. The basic idea, how do you organize is you build genuine and real relationships with people and that's, and, and you're honest with them and you hold them and yourselves accountable and, you know, you push people when they need to be pushed and you let them push you. I think that's the crux of organizing and it's a simple concept, but it takes a lot of work and a lot of practice and a lot of patience.
0: Yeah. and. That that is certainly true. I, I can't under uh, un- unemphasize, or I'm not even sure what word I'm looking for, but <laughs> I cannot emphasize enough. There we go. Uh, the importance of patience, uh, and I think that's important on not not just like low level organizing, but like uh, all of our expectations. I mean, there's a large group of new socialists, if you will, uh, joining DSA and other leftist socialist organizations. That I feel like a lot of a lot of folks have this anticipation that the revolution is going to happen tomorrow, and mm-hmm. A lot of us would like that, and a lot of us has, have thought that, and then realized, no, it's not going to happen tomorrow. It's it's going to be sometime after tomorrow, and it's, right, well, be way down the road.
1: <laughs> yeah, for sure. And you've got a crawl before you walk. Let's everyone, all the all the the radicals out there. Let's all remember how, you know, we all started from somewhere, and yeah. we started. That's something none of us, uh, well, most of us probably were not born with uh as critical of an eye uh for what the world could be and we've had to you know reject this capitalist system uh and you know and deal with what what that rejection has done to our relationships and so patience with everyone meet people where they are and you know we'll get there
0: (laughs) yeah yeah I, i i could not agree with you more uh that's that's a good way of looking at it and uh, I think uh, the key thing, though, I, I think with organizing and whether you're actually trying to organize a union or if you're trying to uh, get people more involved in some radical efforts there, there's always, boy, there are ever so many different opportunities in the last eight months uh, since yes. we've been last recorded of of striking or sparks that are lit and trying to figure out how to carry it forward. Uh, and we're seeing that with the sexual assaults to the, God, I'm trying to remember everything, um, the need for universal health care instead of just Obamacare, uh, mm-hmm. because like, it's just not enough uh, to, there just been so many opportunities. And really what I think is important is, and I will encourage people to actually join um, organized groups, whether you're in a union or not uh, outside of the workplace, because it's important to just be able to, to do something more than just going to a protest or a strike or to a march because those are good, but they're, they're, they're going to get exhausting if we spend all our time doing it. Uh, and it amounts to not really ask actually changing much. Uh, it might expose new people to things, but it doesn't, it doesn't challenge the system enough. It, it just it says, Hey, we're resisting, but we need to go beyond that and joining, whether it's anarchist, socialist, or whatever groups, it's important to do that to be more organized in my opinion. So, uh, NPSA, um, <laughs>
1: One (laughs) hundred percent.
0: Yeah. Uh, So and uh, on that note, I am going to self set up myself on this one, which is one of the things that will be coming up and we will discuss this uh, is net neutrality. Um, I think we are likely to see it die, uh, as unfortunate as that may sound. And I'm not trying to be pessimistic about it, but given the FCC and their leadership, it's quite realistic that it is not going to be with us much longer. Uh, and that has served a lot of questions and ideas locally here uh, and to really kind of reinvigorate a lot of motivation to uh, what people have called mesh networks and municipal Internet service providers. Uh, so I think there's a potential that this could turn into some big tech organizing of sorts. And there have been some interesting ideas. Has that been a thought? Like, have you heard anything about that in the Chicago region? <laughs>
1: I've heard you talking about it, but that's the first thing I heard about it. Um, <laughs> there, so during the the during the years of Occupy Wall Street, Occupy Chicago uh, was a presence, and wireless mesh, independent internet is something that was kicked around in the tech uh, tech cooperative groups uh, that were coming out of Occupy at the time, but nothing material ever. Uh, advance itself. I think lack of funding and resources is certainly cheaper to do it nowadays than it was back then. Uh, But um, not that I haven't been aware of anything on the ground that's uh, going on. Um, Probably the closest thing to this, and this is not an independent uh, effort, but uh, a lot of the local libraries in in the area, so the city of Chicago's library and the suburban libraries have been renting out uh, for free to anybody wireless hotspots. Uh, hmm. So uh, that's rather interesting. Which I trust the data in the hand of librarians much more than I do other government officials. But uh, <laughs> yeah. um, but there seems to be at least a need, a recognized need in this in the city and surrounding areas of uh, uh, access to the internet as Uh, a right uh, and something that people need to get along. And so, uh, you know, just getting in on the on the ground level um, is something that that's been kicked around, but not not as necessarily an activist uh, tool.
0: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, and that sounds interesting. And I I do want to make sure we dedicate a show to this uh, in in much more detail. But uh, libraries are are a really good starting point because of the the tendency that they don't track information.
1: um, Absolutely.
0: And uh, there's also projects, I think, like the Library Freedom Project that have done a lot of um, uh, education on surveillance and how to how to protect yourself outside of a library in that case uh, as, as well as in the library. Um, and so they, that's, I think a good starting point, I think there are a number of different public venues, if you will, or spaces that we should be exploring as like hot spots that could be like the U S postal services, because they always yes. have an, a UPS, uh, sorry, U S postal service, uh, building in every single zip code, I believe. Uh, and so, those could also be another spot, and it would be an interesting thing that that I think would be worth exploring. I'm like working with US Postal Server uh, workers letter carriers, I mean, and seeing if it's like something that they could try to um, advocate for internally. Uh, but yeah, so I mean, I, I don't want to, uh, uh, gosh, I hate the fact that we can't use the term Trump anymore. I don't want to <laughs> Trump the conversation, but I cannot think of another word. Ah, fuck you, Trump. It is what it uh, is. It is. And, uh, Sorry, we need to find another word for for how we utilize that word Trump. So um, that's all on you out there. Uh, I don't (laughs) want to look up the thesaurus thing and uh, type in his name. Um, (laughs) So uh, on that note, let's uh, let's make sure we don't talk about net neutrality over overtly and, and take away from a future show. Uh, but it's definitely on the list and uh, there are a couple of meetings going to be happening here in Boston, um, trying to figure out tactics that I'd like to bring forward and see where it goes. Uh, so um, hopefully we'll get that going in sooner than an eight month cycle. Um, I would like to make sure that we get to 100 right. before, you know, middle of next year. Yes. On episodes
1: <laughs> and, my- uh, Yeah. So real quick on net neutrality, everyone out there. Uh, I saw in the news today, the FCC chairman is upset that his uh, family has been catching a brunt of criticism uh, about his decision making. So he's feeling sad about that. So keep up the good work, everyone, and keep contacting people close to him so they can influence him.
0: Yes, that that's, that's, uh, I did not see that news and that's good to know. <laughs> so. Uh, so, getting more towards the meat of our um, uh, upcoming interview that we're going to share with you all, uh, I, and we'll talk a little bit more about in, in detail after after the recording. So, there's um, an interview that I had the chance to do with Ares from Tech Worker Coalition, uh, which started, I think, in California uh, back in, I think, 2015. Uh, and it's an interesting ex- um really experiment of like tech workers, uh, programmers and engineers trying to do some work um, in supporting unions and exploring the idea of like, what does union, what do unions mean and understanding like the labor uh, impact of like their work, but also what the conditions are in their workplace. Uh, It's not necessarily... Uh, a direct, you know, they're going to start organizing unions. But there's a lot of solidarity work that they're doing that I think is very helpful and educational to a lot of tech workers out there. So I think it's a, I think it's a good, good uh, discussion, and uh, we, uh, we will certainly talk about it after we get through it. Um, and so, why don't we uh, send you off to that interview now, and we'll come back to you. This is Stephen, and I'm. Joined here with Eris, right? Is that the correct pronunciation? Sure. Um, and you're coming from California, Silicon Valley. Um, why don't you give a little bit of an introduction about yourself and like what has gotten you into um, what what we're going to get to, the Tech Worker Coalition?
2: Okay. Um, yeah, so I organize with uh, the Tech Workers Coalition in the Bay Area, out of uh, San Francisco. Um, I've been working with them for the past uh over a year since the summer of 2016 um, and yeah I, I work in the in high tech um, not as kind of like a programmer which a lot of the folks in the in the TWC have that kind of like computer science type of background um, I'm a mechanical engineer but still kind of co- have come to see myself as you know a, a tech worker um, even though it's not I'm not a tech worker and kind of like the colloquial sense um, that you think of maybe and yes I work at a company we build scientific instrumentation Um, I do R&D type of work Uh, I've been doing that for five years have a background in chemical engineering Um, but that's kind of like kind of my second career almost I was in the construction industry for three years before I went um, back to school and I think that's kind of a common story for a lot of people that, that come to work with us. They have kind of other types of life experiences. Um, you know, they didn't just go from high school into a CS program and then into, like, a cush tech job. Like, they maybe worked as, like, a barista somewhere or, like, like me, like, doing carpentry and just kind of, like, the realities of, like, making a living and, like, having steady work. Like, I went back to school um, during the financial crisis in 2008 and 2009. Mm-hmm. Um, when just kind of like, you know, the the realities of the um, you know, economy kind of set in. And I was like, I had like student loans and all that. I was deep in debt and just, uh, you know, I kind of figured I'd never, never pay it off just banging nails. So I went back to school for an engineering degree. And, um, and yeah, and then I kind of landed a job uh, at my current company uh, down in, in San Francisco, so I was, I was I went to school and was living in Montana. Um, oh wow! <laughs> before before I went down there. So um, anyway, so that's kind of like a long intro yeah. and background to to oh, my the, whole scene. But
0: so yeah. the the tech worker coalition started. Uh, wh- when did it actually start? What was the start date for it?
2: Um, I think they started around 2015 at some point, and uh, some of the organizers are you know they're still working with us. Um, I think they wanted to kind of build a connection between like techies, um, as they're called in San Francisco, and kind of like other activist organizations um, that had kind of like a oppositional kind of take on techies. Like techies are seen as kind of like this invading force, even though like the Bay Area is like just historically, you know, been kind of like a tech tech industry type of area Um, but you know this kind of like new wave of techies coming in uh, you know everything that comes along with that like gentrification uh, rising housing costs all that Um, anyway so these these organizers they were kind of interested in in forming kind of a bridge between these two worlds Um, and I think the understanding was that movements like social justice movements um, would be stronger if they had solidarity with uh, this kind of new, new type of San Franciscan and new type of worker coming in. Oh,
0: nice. Nice. So the, the, what are they kind of, I guess the, sh- the short term goals and then the longer term goals, like uh, the, it, you said organizers. So like, are these people who have had labor experience or what kind of organized experiences are they coming from and what are they yeah. trying to aspire to?
2: Um, yeah, I think, I mean, we're kind of a rank and file Uh, organization, Um, so everybody that we organize, that organizes like as like a TWC, like we don't have members, but as just a TWC person, like they're all working in the tech industry um, in some capacity. And so we have, you know, we're we're called, we call ourselves a coalition because, you know, we work with labor movements, we work with unions, we work with uh, community organizations, Um, and, and so that, that's like the coalition aspect. So, but everybody that's kind of organizing, like for the TW, for the tech workers coalition is like just a rank and file like tech worker. And so, um, most of us don't have any experience like in kind of like an official labor capacity. Like there's, there's a few people that have background like as organizers in, Mm -hmm. in labor and then like they've moved into like the tech industry, not for any, like, you know, organizing specific purpose, but just, like, because of the realities of the of the economy. Um, and so there's a few people like that, but mm-hmm. uh, on the whole, like, no, we don't have uh, labor experience, or most people don't have labor experience coming in. Okay, um, so, okay. So, yeah. Uh,
0: so, in... The tech world. You said that you do some work with labor labor unions. What what kind of work is that? Is that within the workplace, or is it? Or or what does that constitute?
2: Yeah, that's that's kind of formed like the solidarity type of aspect of our work. Um, And that's actually how I like came to the Tech Workers Coalition. Initially, was reading an article about uh, cafeteria workers organizing at Dell down in San Jose, and um, in the tech industry. Most of the service sector workers are like contracted out or subcontracted, so they're employees of a subcontractor that subsequently is hired by the tech company to run their cafeteria or do their janitorial work or do this, their do their security work. Um, and so I was reading about these cafeteria workers at Dell, who had just won a union, voted to form a union, and then Dell severed their contract with the with their subcontractor, and so this like technically isn't illegal because they're not like the cafeteria workers aren't the employees of of dell right and you know i just i thought that was fucked up and so i reached out to unite here who is organizing that campaign um and you know my thinking was like if there was dell engineers and like dell employees on the whole that were showing solidarity like whether that's going out on the picket line with them or just like wearing buttons around campus you know if they if the management at Dell knew that their employees cared that the cafeteria workers like had a fair shake at winning their union, then I don't think they would have been able to just sever the contract like that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so I reached out to unite here and, um, an organizer there, uh, put me in touch with like the kind of like, uh, the people that were organizing with the tech workers coalition. So, yeah, so that's, that's kind of, like how our our, uh, collaboration with labor unions like is is kind of shaped right so Mm -hmm. we Mm -hmm. there's organizing efforts for like this other um, type of worker in the industry that's usually subcontracted and a lot of them are in active campaigns for uh, winning a union because of everything that comes along with with that like job security better benefits like job dignity Mm -hmm. and everything and Mm -hmm. so we want to we want to make sure like where that's happening we know we know engineers and we know employees of the company that are gonna stand up in solidarity, and we want to organize those folks and, and yeah. work with them. So, um, and yeah, so that's in the past year we've we've been involved in a few different campaigns. Um, the cafeteria workers at Facebook just won a union. Um, all of the security officers at the five major contracting companies in Silicon Valley won a union um, this past year as well. And you know we've we've played like. Very very minor roles in that, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. but I think it's you know I think it's been impactful that we can pass out literature to like security officers that a union organizer like couldn't be able to do or couldn't yeah. get on campus you know yeah um, and yeah
0: so a, I mean that so this is interesting because like a, a lot of tech workers um, don't necessarily have union background don't usually use it, have come from union families so like mm-hmm. the 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 experiences are very different so this may be their first experience of being exposed to a union. Uh, I'm kind of curious, I'm, and I don't want to generalize too much, but um, for the people who are getting actively involved um, from the tech side of things, uh, what is their view of the union? Like, h- how do they see this? Uh, do they see this as, uh, mostly because I've seen this ha- happen with other industries, is that they, that people kind of look down on unions, like, oh, their job is so bad that they need one.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, like does that mentality is that perspective like how do, how does that come about like how do people view this
2: yeah i mean i i think that's definitely a common kind of perspective among like white collar type of workers if you want to call them that but the people that come to like organize in the tech workers coalition um a lot of them like especially initially like have kind of like a leftist type perspective and mm-hmm. so like they're familiar with like labor history and, like, they they know that, like, unions, you know, they're not always, like, like, serving, like, the working class, I would say, you know, like, I think labor history shows that. But I think, you know, they're a powerful force for, um, you know, like, economic justice. And so I think the people that come to organize in the the Tech Workers Coalition kind of, like, know that. So, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I mean, I think... I think they took to the idea, like, pretty easy, pretty quickly. Yeah. So there's never, we're never, like, convincing, like, TWC people, like, that cafeteria workers, like, should have a union if they want one, you know what I mean? Okay. Um, so so
0: yeah. does that, is there a challenge, though, when it comes to the other workers that are not actively involved? Like, does it, like, so people, the other workers, and whether it's your workplace or others or right. Facebook or whatnot, uh, I'm, I'm assuming that you have... TWC folks in many different companies mm-hmm. uh, are there efforts to try to bring about more workers in their workplaces to get involved and what are the challenges with that I guess yeah. you could
2: say yeah I mean that's you know you can read like discussion boards and stuff and see people's comments on mm-hmm. on unions and and um, you know you see that kind of anti-union perspective among the people that are commenting um, And, you know, I think, I think at this point, like, you only need like a small group of people to like, like, carry some weight, you know, and so if someone's going to be like, you know, I'm sure you're familiar with like, how you rank your like, workers, like your colleagues at a company, like Mm -hmm. when you're organizing, right? Like, the people that are like pro union, like gung ho, and then there's like, the people that are like, you know, working for the management, like straight up and like actively trying to like, compete, or uh, combat union organizing so I mean I think we're not like super interested in like pursuing those types of like fives or whatever you know um, to, to so. give to, to give some context to
0: our listeners who may not be familiar with it the, the typical idea is that you have like a, a, a number scheme of like a one to five uh, one is somebody who's definitely in support of the union. Somebody two is like somebody who's leaning. Three is an undecided. Four is leaning away from the union. Five is completely opposed. There could be a six of like I'm not even involved. Um, uh, but those are the different measures that that uh, I believe you're referring to. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and is a common thing when it comes to union organizing is like trying to keep track and mapping out like what what the interest is and where the interest is and where yeah. where, where where your numbers are overall. <clears throat> uh, so I mean that's good. And I mean, it's good to hear that you know these these are discussions that are happening within the tech sector that they're being introduced to it because I think historically, at least the the attempts to try to unionize in the tech sector uh, I, I would say failed at least in the U.S. context of things. Um, outside mm-hmm. the U.S., it may be a little bit different in certain places. Um, but so I'm wondering if uh, if you if you all are familiar within TWC uh, about the CWA WashTech. The Washington Tech uh, Union that was at Microsoft mm-hmm. um, and the IBM Alliance, uh, which is both CWA, I believe. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Um, so, like, part of the work that we do um, is like there's kind of an educational component. And so, that's definitely like a big thing that we organize um, throughout the year is like we call it like a learning club. And so, we kind of we have different facilitators for different meetings. They, they kind of pick the topic that they want to read about and have other people read and then we'll come together and um, and have a discussion and so um, yeah so we you know we had uh, a meeting on kind of looking at like historical aspects of like organizing within the tech sector and um, you know we looked at wash tech um, we looked at we looked at uh, also kind of um, UE, uh, United Electric Organizing efforts in the Bay Area, like in the in the electronics industry back in like the '80s, um, and so and then uh, yeah, and then there's some other efforts like in in San Francisco tech companies like around like the early 2000s as well that, that we were looking into. So um, yeah, so that kind of like historical perspective is like you know with us when when we're doing when we're organizing, and I think it's really important that you you kind of look at what happened in the past and integrate that into your strategy moving forward. Um,
0: yeah. I, I, so there are a couple of questions that kind of come up from that. Um, uh, one is, um, the so WatchTech and IBM Alliance are examples of what in the U.S. context we call minority unionism, uh, where you're able to form a union, you don't ever technically get a bargaining contract because you never go for a majority or an election, but you are exercising under the National Labor Relations Act, the ability to collectively act. Mm -hmm. Um, And usually it helps with changing workplace conditions um, and confronting workplace conditions. I believe with Microsoft, I think the the thing that they were dealing with was that Microsoft is doing an effort to hire H-1B visa folks that were temporary uh, along full-time workers and showing that we can easily replace you for half the cost. And this was part of, I believe, if I remember correctly, um, that was part of wash Tech's, uh, effort to organize, um, mm-hmm. where they gained support, but then it, their efforts now, I and mean, they have a website. Uh, the last time I had seen it until today, uh, it looked like it was this website from the nineties. Now it looks like it's from the early 2000s. So mm-hmm. I guess they're kind of advancing. Mm-hmm. Um, but it doesn't seem that they're that, um, into involved as le- at least from what my experiences were. I reached out to them a long time ago within this podcast to try to reach out to them and they, they just weren't really interested. No. Um, and so IBM Alliance I've never actually heard that much about them. I know they were they were upstate New York at one point when IBM had most of its headquarters there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if that's actually still around anymore. Yeah.
2: Um, they I think they are still around. I know that in the past year they had um they had a, so there's this this nonprofit called Coworker, um, coworker.org and they they kind of they facil- they have a platform for like having like workplace petition mm-hmm. type of things um and so i know some some people in austin like the austin branch of ibm at ibm mm-hmm. were doing some organizing like utilizing that like after the elections yeah and like their ceo like getting on like the economic board of like trump the trump administration and all that they're mm-hmm. they're so they're doing like some organizing around that and so um but that's that's like you know different of course than like yeah. these other like efforts into like actually like get a bargaining unit and all that yeah so I, I guess from a industry side of
0: things, uh, where where are things? I guess where where are I kind of guess wages um, in relation historically, but also currently, are they on the rise, or are they are they stagnant like everybody else's wages, mm-hmm. or are they on the decline at this point? Because we hear, like we see offers that people will get with like Google that they're getting paid one hundred twenty thousand dollars a year to start, like mm-hmm. these are people right out of college, which. Uh, when i left college you know i was happy to get thirty five thousand, but um not it wasn't even that far ago that was 2001 so um but i wasn't doing tech work at the time uh Mm -hmm. but so um where yeah i guess where where the wages were the trends with that what are the concerns Um,
2: yeah um you know i'm not i'm not like super knowledgeable about the the current like trends of that i mean i think I can tell you that like tech workers feel that they're like adequately compensated and like and that's like a challenge in terms of like organizing them you know they think they have it like really good and like i think they buy into the kind of general um kind of like media perspective that like you know they should be lucky that they have those jobs like which is like there's definitely a truth to that um but it you know i think it it masks a lot of like the actual, like, grievances that people have. Um, And that also, like, says nothing about, like, I think that perspective is, is directed at, like, a certain type of tech worker who's, like, college educated, like, went to a CS program, like, white and male, you know, like, there's a lot of, like, inequalities in terms of compensation for, like, people of color and, like, women, you know, like, we're all familiar with those stories, and that's real. Um, So, like, you might be a woman working at Google, and Mm -hmm getting paid like three quarters as much as like your male counterpart and Hmm. um and that's like you know google is under investigation now by the department of labor for those type of um the wage discrepancies um gender-based wage discrepancies um and so so i don't i can't really like say what the what the trends are i mean i think i think there's probably a sense that you know it's not always going to be this good you know um and you can, you know, there's like universities and boot camps, and everybody's like pumping out workers. You can like offshore a lot of this work to other countries, um, and so I think that's like kind of on the horizon for mm-hmm. a lot of folks. But like, I think I think that makes a strong case for like us organizing now, like because we're in a we're in a strong position. Like if mm-hmm. we make demands from our management, like there's a good chance like we'll get to concessions. You know. Um, and so I think, that, yeah, it makes makes our work like very important and timely. Yeah, I, I mean,
0: the, one of the things that have just dis- been discussed on our own podcast too is uh, is the, uh, the I think the term is casualization of the work. So, like, uh, what what a lot of companies, including Google, are seem to be trying to do is trying to introduce new coding languages and programming languages that are easier uh, for people to to work with. What what I don't what I think is missed is that oh, by making it easier means that you have you have the ability to educate a tremendous amount of people really quickly that can start doing the coding, which then you can start putting downward pressure on the wages. (coughs) Mm -hmm. Um, And seeing that, like, I think a lot of companies have tried to do this in different ways. I think some microsystems tried to do it with Java. Um, And uh, whether that succeeded or failed based on the Oracle purchase is a whole other question. But Microsoft has, what, C Sharp? Um, And all of them have their own programming languages that they're trying to get out there that are easier for people to do. Yeah. and i think that what is missed is that the economic impact of what that means yeah like you have more people waiting at the door like i need a job i need a job uh, give me the job
2: <laughs> yeah i think i think there's like a similar perspective on like kind of like government initiatives to like teach kids how to code you know what i mean like educational stuff it's like to people think that's you know directly aimed at like driving down wages you know mm-hmm. but you can kind of like mask it as like this economic opportunity for people but by the time they, they enter the workforce like maybe being a programmer like isn't gonna be the job that it, it is now you know mm-hmm. so um yeah it makes it makes organizing I think important yeah yeah
0: and yeah, what are what are some of the other challenges that come with like trying to get some of these workers uh, involved uh like from a I guess you could say I mean, there are a number of different perspectives. I, I think what we've learned within our, within the community that we've had is that there tends to be a lot of, and I don't want to pick on a personality trait too much, but it I feel it's a factor. Uh, introverted tendencies of mm-hmm. people who don't necessarily are not always openly discussing things, and it's a bit of more of a challenge for for them. Whereas there are people like myself who is exceptionally extra extroverted and has the exact opposite of not knowing when to shut up. Uh, So on that note,
2: (laughs) um, (laughs) what do you you find is
0: challenging in amongst that area and others, I Mm -hmm. guess you could say?
2: Yeah, well, I think there's kind of like, there's there's different types of challenges. Like there's ideological challenges of like that you face like in the worker. Mm Um, both in, like, feeling like they don't have legitimate grievances and also, like, how they identify, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And I think a challenge, like, that the Tech Workers Coalition has is that we're still seen as kind of, like, a programmer's type of, like, organization or, like, something for, like, people that are CS type of people, you know, and, like, we really, like, a focus of ours moving forward is to, like, change like who is considered like a tech worker you know like so I think people like I think if you work in the tech industry like you're a tech worker and like you should organize with us like I don't think we should we should be like um we should just be like craft based if you want to like think about it like that um so that's a challenge you know like reaching out to like people in like the sales department or like the marketing department um Mm -hmm. being like you're a tech worker like you work in the tech industry you know and like you probably have like more grievances than maybe like your programming counterpart. Mm -hmm. And I think you see that kind of in the organizing campaigns at media, like online media companies, like those are all like, I think they organize with the writers guilds primarily. Yeah. You know, and that's, that's like, that's just a straight up like craft based organization. Right. And so I don't know what the solidarity like looks like in those companies between the writers who like get paid you know, like 60 grand or 50 grand or something like that, like living in New York City, and then the programmers that are doing like all the development of the websites and stuff like that, then are probably making like six figures, you know. Um, And so like, even in like within companies, like there's that kind of like tension. Um, And I don't know if there was like solidarity between those types of workers like during the campaigns, but you know, I hope there would be. Um, So there's kind of like these ideological barriers. Um, There's kind of like, there's I think challenges with like management, just like every like labor organizing campaign mm-hmm. in history. Um, and there's kind of like challenges in terms of like where people are located. It's like a very atomized industry. I think that's like probably the case in Boston too. Mm-hmm. Um, but even out there, you know, like you have one, one worker from a company of like 12 people that's like, wants to get involved, you know, but they're like at this tiny company, you know, and like, none of their other workers, like, give a fuck about anything. Um, (laughs) So that's a challenge, you know, that we need to, like, work around, and, like, we want to, like, bring those people in and, like, uh, and work with them, too, so.
0: Yeah, Yeah, I mean, those do seem challenging. I I, I think um, you kind of go into the other parts of this because there's there's the startup tendency or startup trends within the tech sector um, that benefit tremendously from, uh, I would say, I mean I think the tech sector in general benefits tremendously from uh, what is called neoliberal economic policies of like trying to like the market can solve all problems. Um, I think we see that with the uberfication of things uh, the yeah. Airbnb of like oh no we don't need hotels and things like this that, that pay taxes. We can do this completely under the radar. Yeah. Um, and basically there it means that local resources are not being able to be administered to fill a pothole or pay for public mm-hmm. schools and so, like, mm-hmm. I, um, I, it becomes, like, I could see that ideological challenge there. Um, I don't know how to confront that, to be honest. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, it's been something that uh, we've discussed. It's just, like, it, it, the, what, it, it, what I think it has led to because the tech surge. I mean, if we think of, like, programmers coming into being known, like, from um, the development of the PC... Uh, have you ever seen the tv show halt and catch fire nope. it's it's basically about like the the 1980s and the uh, the bringing about um the pcs and the impact it had but you have you have much more i mean there's a lot more hardware involved which um hardware and software development at the same time uh, but i think it's like 1980s which is more or less when neoliberalism was really starting to hit the hit in stride i mean that's when reagan started eliminating higher tax ra- brackets and but we started seeing as a you know they you can look at nineteen eighties music. It's like all about me. Individualism starts growing as mm-hmm. a as a phenomenon uh, that wasn't necessarily there before. And but I think that's also something within the tech sector that hasn't left. Like it, sure. the the individualism of this is only about me is so strong mm-hmm. uh, that uh, I, I've met with people from Google that I get stuck in these loop conversations and not to use a tech term in that sense, but it's like we get just stuck in this loop about like, it's about me then it's about them and then it's about everybody. And then it's like, well, but it's really about me again. I'm like, how did we just end up right back to where we started? Yeah. Um, and I find that like to be a very big challenge um, in terms of a lot of things. So, so yeah. So then given the neoliberal context of things that has led to larger individualism, like where, where does that fall into the work that you guys are doing?
2: Yeah. Well, I mean, I think it's like an ideology that we like need to combat. And I think It kind of like that trickles down to the workers and but I think under like heavy kind of like propaganda and like heavy kind of like really heavy-handed um like messaging coming down from like management and like also like in the schools and like the programs where you're like you know your thought you're you're kind of supposed to be thought of as like an entrepreneur and like Mm -hmm. all this you could be the next like Zuckerberg type of deal you know and I mean, I think that just, like, benefits, like, the bosses, like, so to speak. It, like, benefits, like, management. It benefits, like, the CEOs, you know. Like, and it keeps workers, like, putting in 80 hours a week or 60 hours a week when they're getting paid for 40 hours a week. You know what I mean? And, Mm -hmm. like, that – so there's that kind of culture that we need to combat. And when someone says – when you, like, ask, like, a, a worker, like, you know why are you putting in this much time you know they're like well that's just like how it is like that's how the industry is you know mm-hmm. and they have like some vague idea that it's like their company's going to like go public or get like acquired or whatever you know but like like in the present like they're just like being exploited you know like that that type of like culture just like benefits like the owners of the companies like it be- benefits like the venture capital firms you know like and they're just like and i think they're just being like exploited without really thinking about it and um, and so, yeah, they need to, I think that's, like, an ideological barrier, um, and, you know, that's kind of, like, it's, like, a cultural thing, mm-hmm. there's a lot of, like, toxic cultural aspects of, like, the tech industry, um, but, you know, then that just, like, this, the kind of, like, Uberification of, like, the ec- economy is, like, really problematic, too, you know, I and mean, you have, like, failing infrastructures, like, failing public transportation, and, like, people taking Ubers, and, like, people taking, like, their, um, People taking like the Google bus to work, you know what I mean. Like t- people taking these like chariot things. I don't know if you have those out here, but it's like That's they're like sense. mini buses, yep. you know. But kind of like on like a like a ride hailing type of like hmm. type of like platform. Um, and so yeah, like it's kind of I don't know. We're we're up against a lot. Like I think maybe we started organizing like twenty years too late or something because without really like you know, vibrant, like democratic processes, like in place, like technology is just going to be used to like fuck us over like fuck, like just working people over. So,
0: yeah, I mean, not to, not to (laughs) give uh, some hope to it, but like, if we think back to, one of the most successful organizing drives that happened in the U.S. history was the the auto industry. Um, And what they, what many people don't realize that what the auto industry had done were the efforts to try to organize it uh a tremendous amount of radicals got employed uh, and spent 10 years organizing mm-hmm. and it was about 10 years before they actually called for those sit-down strikes that occurred that we read briefly over in our history books in the u.s uh, but were exceptionally monumental because it weren't for that we would never have had the Na- national labor relations act now as a student of labor i have my critiques of the national labor relations act sure. i almost feel like if if we didn't actually have it, we could have actually had an actual worker revolution, but that's another discussion for another day. Um, but in the end, it was that effort. So, like, if it means seeding those organizers now and seeding those workers into the workplace now, the, the the biggest challenges I think that we run into is the amount of people that will jump from job to job, mm-hmm. um, and it's it's rather interesting because I feel like we they're jumping they're jumping from a falling platform to another falling platform. Like they think they're getting up, but then they're still actually falling because like the wages are eventually going to go down and everything else. But there's a tendency at least um, on the younger side of the, of workers to jump from job to job. Um, And so I think those, those are things that become a challenge um, going forward, but I don't think it's out of the question to figure out whether, a what is called salting where you intentionally get hired to eventually form a union is out of the question i don't i think that might actually be a viable option that could be setting the stage for down the road Mm -hmm. um
2: yeah there's i mean i think you know we kind of uh we kind of have like an iww perspective on that which is like you organize the worker not the workplace you know mm -hmm. and so like for an industry that's like has kind of, like, a workforce that can jump around, you know, if they don't like the job, that they can go to some, the next startup or whatever, like, I think that, that perspective is really important, you know, Um and yeah, I mean, like, I know people in, like, really active, like, organizers in the, in the TWC that have, like, changed jobs, like, multiple times, mm-hmm. like, since I've, like, known them, you know, in the past year, you know what I mean, but they're still, like, doing the same work they're still organizing they're yeah, just in a different yeah. place you know and so that's i think that's i think that's like an important perspective to to keep you know um, yeah certainly so yeah i mean i don't i don't think like there's nothing else to do you know in terms of like like i don't think it's like futile but like there's challenges you know that we need to like be realistic about mm-hmm. but like there's nothing else to do like you just gotta like organize and yeah work you know and stay optimistic that's so. true that's true what
0: what um and that's good. I mean, we, we can try to get to what are the things that you all need at this point? Like, what are, what are where, where do you feel that um, that either are other challenges, but not, not necessarily challenges in the same context of what we're discussing, but like what resources are needed mm-hmm. and what networks are needed and what could, what could people who are either aspiring programmers or tech workers do to get involved if they yeah. aren't already in the industry? Like, are you working with campuses and college students? Is that something that's on the scope?
2: Yeah, that, that's definitely on the scope. Um, I think we want to, like, challenge, like, the conventional model of, like, a lot of, like, the boot camps and, like, a lot of, like, the engineering programs, you know, that's just, like, feeding, like, this kind of, like, neoliberal attitude, um, indoctrinating, like, the their students, you know. So we want to, we have, like, plans for that. Um, you know, I think we're going to probably be tabling at, like, a job fair at Stanford soon, and, like, because Stanford's, like, a close-by, like, really powerful CS kind of, like, institution, Mm -hmm. um, and we know, like, we know grad students in the department, you know, we work with, like, people there, um, we had a protest, like, out in front of Palantir, which is like, just down the street from Stanford last winter, you know, and that, like, was kind of targeted at, like, the CS, like, students, Mm -hmm. because Palantir has such, like, a heavy, like, recruiting process at, at their campus, you know, and so, Um, So, yeah, like and I don't know, stuff maybe will happen with like in a similar way at at boot camps and and places like that. And um, um, so, yeah, like I I think, you know, just like any organization, we need like people that are dedicated and like committed. Um, I think like this, there's this organization called Tech Solidarity and the kind of like leader of that movement, I think, has, like, kind of tends to get down, like, in what I read of of his writings Mm -hmm. on, like, the tech worker as being, like, a very complacent type of person that, like, doesn't give a fuck about anything, and is just, like, really cynical, and that hasn't, like, been my experience, I mean, I think the people that stick around the tech workers coalition are like really dedicated to the project mm-hmm. and like willing to put in like a lot of, a lot of work into it, you know? And so we just, we need more people like that. Yeah. Um, and we have a lot of cool like projects going on, you know, and yeah. we're figuring out ways to like, you know, a lot of people have come through, you know what I mean? Like there's like 500 people like in our Slack page, but like, maybe like a hundred of those people have like sh- showed up to like a event in real life, you know what I mean? And so mm-hmm. we need to, we're kind of working out strategies in terms of like how to like keep those people engaged and like activate them like further you know and mm-hmm. so um and what yeah. so you mentioned slack what are, what are the tools that you're utilizing
0: for communication organizing
2: yeah so slack is like it's kind of i don't know if your listeners are familiar with that it's kind of like a similar things to it but yeah, yeah it's like a chat room basically you know yeah. with like different channels and like you can have like direct messaging with people and so that's kind of we we do organizing on that Mm -hmm. um it's like a useful tool um we have like our website you know we have like the person that runs our twitter account is like awesome and throws out like really radical tweets all the time so that's cool um you, and, you,
0: know, you had mentioned the wh- we discussed briefly, like the organizing method of like one through fives. Do you have any platform that you're utilizing when you're bringing people in? Like, I, I know you say you're not members, but like when you get somebody active involved in TWC, is there?
2: Sounds scary to say it because it's big brother, but is there a database that's being utilized in some form to keep track of like who's involved? Um, not in terms of like how active they are, you uh-huh. know? but we have kind of like a member list, mm-hmm. more okay. so for like. If like a union comes comes to us with like, hey, do you know anybody at Google? You know, yeah. we can like kind of look at this list with like that. A lot of times we'll list like where people work, you know, yeah. and we can be like, yeah, there's like these people we can put you in touch with, you know. And mm-hmm. so it's like more of a tool for that as opposed to like like managing our own like organization. Yeah. You know? um, and yeah, I think I think like moving forward, we have we have some good strategies in terms of like keeping people involved and like on a more broader type of like affinity based like kind of network mm-hmm. um and so i think that's going to be really important moving forward
0: and the signing agreements that people end up doing when they get a job with the google and stuff like that is that mm-hmm. also another place that you guys have explored on organizing because of sometimes like the non-disclosure and not non-compete
2: clauses yeah um, and the rights to how the code is written whether who who has the right to right. it yeah um, um, um copyright holder for that matter i know that's like that's been kind of a focus of like some of the work In Boston, from Mm -hmm. what I've seen, Um, we don't really—I don't think we've been really focused on that. I think issues will come up more like on an individual basis, like hey, like my manager is telling me I can't talk to the media, or like hey, my there's like this like non-like arbitration clause Mm -hmm. in my like contract. Like, what does that mean, you know? And so we try to like we have like resources for people to like access, you know, to like Mm -hmm. address those questions, and that's like. One of our projects for the next year is, like, having a worker center that can kind of, like, serve as, like, a place where people that have these questions can go. And, like, we have this, like, thing called office hours Mm -hmm. um, with people that are knowledgeable about labor laws and, like, the tech industry. And um, that's kind of, like, a resource, like, we want to provide, like, on a more broader scope to people, you know, because, yeah, people, like, don't read their contracts and, like, there's shit that like shouldn't be in there and stuff. Yeah. people can get you in trouble with you know and all that so um yeah that's and that's good like the other question that is
0: is kind of the i mean i feel like we're very u.s centric at this point which is fine uh, but at the same time does TB- twc have aspirations to be more international in the sense of connecting tech workers in various different countries because <laughs> of the fact that you can have a lot of remote workers yeah um and how they could participate as well because I, I, we discussed this before the show but like the, back in 2007 a number of people may recall um, the IBM workers in Italy going on strike on Second Life um, but like the connections there are they seem very alienated between the different labor groups because if the unions don't exist in the US like it seems like TWC could be this larger umbrella
2: and so I'm wondering if there are aspirations for that outside of the United States Um. yeah I don't know I mean I think people like will reach out to us from like England and, like, Sweden and, mm-hmm. like, other countries, um, I don't know, like, in terms of a practical perspective, like, how we can help people abroad, like, actually people, like, in India, too, like, a lot of, like, the IT workers have been organizing mm-hmm. out there, you know, but, like, I think we need to be, like, a stronger organization to, like, help pull, like, you know, like, actually help them, mm-hmm. you know you know what I mean, and so, I, th- I think that's, like, down the road. But, yeah, like, of course, I mean, a lot of this work is being sent abroad, you know, and mm-hmm. just, like, even if you think about, like, the supply lines for, like, some of these companies, you know, like, it being really problematic, um, you know, we want to, I think, uh, at some point, like, address that type of thing, too. But mm-hmm. it's, it's, like, out of, out of the scope. We don't have the organizational capacity for that right now. Yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah. I understand. Uh, so,
2: well... I mean, like, yeah, like, I mean, the tech sector is, like, a powerful force, like, it's the most powerful force in, like, the, like, economy, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? So it's, like, it's a nexus of, of importance and, like, a strategic, you know, um, spot in the economy, and so... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, it affects everything, you know what I mean? Well, it, it seems that the my um,
0: dream of the day that tech workers will tear up the tracks, if you will... Um, might actually not be as far away. I'm not saying it's near, but uh, I always have these envisions from back of the like the, sh- the railroad strikes happened in the 1800s when the, the workers would just rip up the tracks, rip up the tracks, and prevent the trains from going through. Mm-hmm. And I think about like the IT workers and like thinking about oh my god, how awesome it would be if they just pulled the cables from every single yeah. server yeah. and like how quickly the economy would just come to a complete halt yeah. if that it was done so collectively. And it seems, I mean, I'm not to say that CWC can aspire to get there, but it seems that this is something that could potentially lead to that. Yeah. Downward. I mean I mean
2: somebody like like somebody at Twitter just like turned off Donald Trump's like account a few weeks From ago. That last fucking game, you know what I mean? Great. And that's like <laughs> you know, like whatever, like that has a small impact but you see like that like hints to like the power like tech workers could have. Like if there's if there's a group of like ten Twitter employees, you know, that are like now they're protected under labor law if they yeah. like do anything like that and they can like they could fuck shit up, you know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah, yeah, that's like the power is like at our fingertips, you know. Yeah. But unfortunately, like it's often used like, like against like the working class, you know, mm-hmm. without people like really thinking about it. And yeah. Like you saw that the same week when uh, like SFist and like Gothamist was like closed down. Like the CEO, like they they had like voted to form a union, and the CEO just like killed the company. Yep. You know, but. Um, but there's, like, the archive of, like, works of, like, all the journalists that's, like, important for them, like, down the road to get work, you know, mm-hmm. and, like, somebody just, like, they took all that offline, you know what I mean, and, like, a programmer did that, you yeah. know what I mean, and they yeah. could have refused if they were organized and, like, had the, like, class consciousness, you know, to, yep. to refuse to do that, and so, yeah, so we need to, like, we need to reach out to these people and organize them and build class consciousness and, yeah. Cool. Well,
0: that's great. Well, thank you very much for taking the time to to sit down with us. Um, Pleasure. uh, Hopefully, maybe a year from now, we could actually revisit and see where we are, and just hopefully that we're we're making uh, some strides and seeing where it's going. Yeah, thanks, Stephen.
1: All right. Wow. Well, that was a really interesting and insightful interview you did, Stephen.
0: Well, thank you. I, Iris, happened to be visiting the Boston area, so we actually got together um uh, to actually put that together. So it was actually nice. It was, was well timed. Uh They're originally from this area, uh, as I mentioned, and they've been living in Silicon Valley for a bit. So, uh yeah. So I mean, was there? I mean, there was a lot that I knew ahead of time going into that interview, and there's some stuff I kind of learned. But I'm, I'm kind of curious of what your take on on the interview was and what your thoughts were.
1: Yeah, it was really fascinating. You know, I. I hadn't really heard uh, that there was a whole lot of tech worker organizing going on. So it was really interesting to hear, you know, what their model is, where they're starting out, uh, what they've built over these years. And uh, it sounds like it's not just a local to the Bay Area uh, sort of movement, trying to spring it up around the country, uh, which is exciting for me to hear about, you know, in Chicago, there's a blooming tech industry. Our dear mayor is constantly trying to recruit companies to open up here and trying to turn Chicago, uh, convert it from the meat packing uh, plants into the uh, uh, tech worker uh, capital of the country. But, you know, it was, there were a couple of uh, moments there that were pretty near and dear to my heart. uh, When Aris talked about uh, solidarity organizing going on with, uh cafeteria workers uh and some of the big tech companies campuses and security worker organizing and i have experience working with both Unit here and uh seau which are the the two main groups organizing those workers and was uh very 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 uh remotely aware of those campaigns uh from folks i know who were working on them and so it was really nice to hear that you know the tech workers themselves were saying, Hey, we need to show some solidarity with these folks and, uh, and are are also taking a look and saying, Hey, these folks are winning in union. Why not us? Yeah. You know, which is, you know, frankly, it's a, it's a breath of fresh air uh, hearing, hearing that sort of response to organizing instead of, I feel like there's a, a, a classic response where you, you often see people, especially highly, higher, highly skilled workers, say, Oh, well, this housekeeper has a pension, they shouldn't have one because I don't. Mm-hmm. And instead, uh, it seems like really building that class consciousness and saying I'm a worker and saying, Hey, you know, this brother and this sister, they won, they won their pension. Let me win mine.
0: Yeah, yeah. And and I think, yeah, I, I agree. That's I mean, I'm glad that it, it actually became enlightening to you uh, that and from Seeing, knowing the the movements that there were that were afoot there with the 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 unite here's and the scius of california uh it's kind of cool i mean it's interesting that like they actually work in places where there are other unions uh, that that doesn't yes. that doesn't replicate itself outside of silicon valley too much when it comes to the tech sector like here in boston that that doesn't that doesn't exist um and I don't know about New York but I'm pretty sure they don't have the same like I mean, Silicon Valley is like basically a campus, so it's it's mm-hmm. like it's just a very centralized place that you can organize. So I can see why a lot of the cafeteria workers, janitorial workers, and and cleaning and stuff like that can be easily unionized. It's just a matter of like also given the exorbitant cost of living, um, that it's it's a it's an, a good target. Uh so it's good to see these efforts being done by the the tech workers uh who do have uh a financial benefit well above most of those workers, but they also have access to the campus that uh, most of the, the uh, places that are fighting the unions don't anticipate. So I think that's a pretty cool experience and yeah. idea to go forward with.
1: And, you know, at the end of the day, and hopefully this is the case in most places, they have the relationship with those frontline workers, with the the food service workers, with the janitorial staff, with the engineers in the building, with the you know security guards. and you know, just I uh, I listen to this interview and I say, oh, I shouldn't take it for granted that you know people sh- are going to be building these relationships with each other, um, and yeah, you know, it'd be nice to see you know more of that in downtown Chicago and uh, you know across the country.
0: Yeah, yeah, certainly. I, it'll It'll be interesting how it progresses. I, I mean, it's a very young uh, movement experience, and I know that they have. Uh, some workers up in Seattle area that are, are getting well organized too and so it, it's it, it's what's interesting and the challenge at the same time is also the dynamics of what's happening to the industry because the idea of remote work is really easy to do and mm-hmm. that could easily alienate the workforce in, in a way that that breaks from a campus and so it's the 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 anticipations and the powers that these these capitalist software companies have, is very real it's just and the ability to move is very real because people are like oh it's gonna be hard for them to move I'm like no shutting down an office is pretty easy shutting down a factory that's a lot harder it takes more time uh but we don't have that anymore uh like you know back in the 80s you could still build motherboards here in the country and now that's not done um and so so like it, impacting things like that are, are very different it, it It'll, it'll be interesting how it goes forward. I And I know that we're going to try to progress with them and a couple of months down the road, check in and see where they're at uh, and hopefully get some updates on that. Um, the I think the challenge that I raised to, to Ares too is what happens on the international spectrum. Mm-hmm. And it's not clear exactly how this tech worker coalition can can uh, evolve in, in that case. Because again, you do introduce new labor laws. You didn't introduce... Tactics that are very different um, and sometimes they're more militant in other countries. As we we saw with the IBM workers in Italy, I still was amazed when they took over second life and tried to protest there. Just 2007 was an interesting year. (laughs) Wow. That's shit. That's 10 years ago. Fucking hell. Uh, (laughs) What happened that time again?
1: (laughs) I think, I think the, the, the challenges that you're bringing up there also, I mean, it fits into the same the same sort of challenge you'll see as we see an increasingly remote uh, workforce, uh, where you know organizations are going to have to learn how to organize in different ways, and then the traditional, you know, uh, like door-to-door, uh, face-to-face uh, organizing. I think you're already seeing in in a lot of the other sectors of labor. Uh, people embracing new tools for relationship building, uh, you know, social media, text messaging uh, uh, and the like. And, you know, I think, you know, the way people form relationships are evolving and or maybe devolving, (laughs) who knows, but uh, organizing is going to have to keep up with that. And, you know, in the same the same way that we'll have to deal with building those relationships across international lines. We'll see we're building those relationships across, you know, state, state boundaries as well.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Well, I I think it'll, yeah, I think it'll definitely be interesting in in how we approach it. I'm still reminded of of Corey Doctorow's book for the win because (laughs) I still think it's, it's a relevant read and, a perspective on like organizing tech workers in a different form and i mean that's definitely the gaming industry but that's also a place that needs to be organized pretty drastically um so it's it's, it's interesting and i'm reminded for some reason while we we're talking about this of i think it was jack welch uh former ceo of ge uh which is unfortunately fucking moving here to boston but um and not paying their goddamn taxes uh but uh, I remember, I believe he made a quote of something along the lines that he he dreams for the day of every plant to be on a barge. Um, and mm-hmm. I, I kind of like can see that like you know, as we as manufacturing gets more automated, uh, which you know eliminates the labor value anyway, so the cost goes down. But the programmers, it, it wouldn't surprise me if they start just putting it on a barge in some form or like whether it's remote uh or whatever it's just kind of coming to the same fruition of going to wherever the cheapest labor is and and winning it and i think i think the tech worker coalition does a good job on articulating the impact that is happening because like as much as people feel wages are up they're not not in the tech sector Not like people actually think they are they're blown away by how how uh how how low they actually are in comparison to or even or stagnant as they are back in the 80s when you know programmers got paid a lot more compared to most workers uh so yeah but it, bit by bit well i think we're gonna get there i know locally we're, we're one of the things that i brought up locally here in boston was uh do you know how much your coworkers are paid and that whole Don't share your wage thing. Uh, And it's an interesting thing to confront because it's still very strong. Uh, So if you have a wage, you should share it with everybody and anybody you have that you work with, because chances are there's discrepancies. Uh, And, you know, when they say that there's a wage gap, well, guess what? If we don't share what our wages are, we have no idea what the gap actually looks
1: like. Now, interestingly enough, though, since I'm a public employee, my wages and all my coworkers' wages are a matter of open record, <laughs> so I do know what true. my coworkers may <laughs> <laughs>
0: you You're in a unique situation uh, and, and for the moment you are well, for the moment you are able to have a union, whether that becomes a national right to work because you're a public sector worker is a whole other scary thing coming forward.
1: <laughs> well, we'll still have the union. just how strong will it be is the question. Yeah.
0: Yeah, actually, and that's another topic that we should actually jump onto, because that that's going to also happen soon, depending on wherever the Supreme Court makes their decision. Uh, and that's going to have a pretty detrimental effect on public sector unions, which, uh, oof, not looking forward to that day. Uh, it will wake unions up, but it's a question of whether we're going to be able to recover quick enough, for that matter.
1: Yes. So, well, we'll see. There's always... Yeah. there's there's the off chance that (laughs) that that one of the justices has moved to a reasonable a reasonable position as
0: well or i thought you were going to go with that one of the conservative justices might might uh, by mistake pass away and die which would be also nice but (laughs) you know unfortunately they're they're a lot younger but you know you never know what their uh, dietary restrictions are you know
1: we could, um, yeah, if this kept happening year after year and just keep kicking the case down the road. <laughs> yeah,
0: we'd be better off them doing, making no decisions better than decision being made in almost in this case. So, yeah. um, you know, so speaking to the blood vessels inside the Supreme Court justices of the conservative bench, you know, uh, clot, clot away.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Do your uh, best. But I'll,
1: but I'll certainly, I'll keep you, I'll keep you abreast of any developments that happen in the public sector as they as they uh pop up yeah but cool. we're probably not going to see a, a decision there until january or so
0: yeah well let, let's uh let's hope it kicks down a little bit just so we can get to some other backlogs of topics that we need to cover and try to see if we can get bit on a more routine basis with this wonderful show absolutely <laughs> uh, and So yeah. well on that note uh matt why don't we uh wrap this up uh and we could schedule maybe off the list when we're going to try to do this again uh and uh we'll try to bring it back um more frequently uh we're to two this year which i think is better than the year before which i think was one but i may be wrong on that i don't don't quote me on those stats (laughs) Uh, but uh we'll be looking forward to it i guess the one other thing to briefly announce um is we have a telegram group which i think we announced before but we also now have a matrix group Um, and, uh, we'll put those links in the show notes for people to be able to join their group, their bridge together. So you join one, you don't need to join the other. Um, and that's basically it. Uh, thank you for listening.